I used an analogy some time ago about being on the Jacob Zuma train, and um, the Jacob Zuma train is now, of course, stuck in the station. And he's, uh, yeah, um, anyway, let me not embroider that that particular metaphor too much. But, you know, Jacob Zuma was up at the front of the train in great luxury with the, his family members and friends and the Guptas and their associates. Um, they were sipping on Moet de Chandon and one of the things that has struck me about what Andre von um, Andre de Reiter said and what has come out in some of the reporting by the Mail and Guardian and Business Day is that people from these four cartels in, in Pumalanga wash their hands in 15,000 rand whiskey. I mean, it's just one of those university school of law. Martinez, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Is our law explicit on what needs to happen in a situation like this? I go to work, I want to present my radio show, and we've run out of diesel, so our UPS doesn't kick in. Therefore, I can't present my show, but I still expect to be paid. Yes, the law is quite clear that you still need to be paid. Um, Some employers, unfortunately, are still under the impression that no work, no pay principle would apply. But that is not true, because in terms of the contract of employment, if you tender your services, irrespective if you can work because of load shedding, um, your employer still must dock up. No exceptions? No exceptions, unless, for example, there's a contractual arrangement in place, um, either in an individual contract or perhaps in a collective agreement, which more and more employers are starting to turn to. Okay, so they are turning to their current workforce and anybody that they might be employing now and saying we want to change the terms of conditions of your employment to take account of the fact that there are significant interruptions in our ability to create turnover and hopefully make a profit. Yes, so um, in essence it's important to remember that you may not be dismissed um, if you refuse to accept the new terms and conditions of employment that your employer is offering you. That would be an unfair dismissal. However, should the situation become so dire that the employer suffers um, a setback organizationally, you may then, of course, be retrenched um, for operational requirements, um, meaning that um, employees in that um, situations may be forced then into new contractual terms and conditions, which may in fact then happen. Do you, do you have any sense, I mean, I don't know whether there is a sort of central forum where this kind of thing is reported, as to, you said, employers are resorting to or still believe that a situation of no work, no pay pertains. Is there any sense of, of what's actually happening in the field with small companies, medium-sized companies, big companies, because what one wants is is an exchange of communication. Uh, call your staff together if that's possible for you, if they're small enough to, to get into an office and say, look, this is a situation, as you can see, where we've got a lot of downtime, and that means that a lot of things that we would have made, that we would have sold, we're not making, we're not selling, therefore um, it's really tough for me to to get the money that I am required legally to pay you. So can we come to some sort of arrangement? Do you have any idea whether that sort of thing is happening? Um, I I do not have any specific data about this, but what we are seeing is a slow and steady 
um, trickle of cases to the CCMA and bargaining councils where employers are simply choosing not to pay their employees, which is contrary to the contract of employment. Um, but I do take your point, and I think it's really important that employers and employees realize and recognize that they must work together to um, combat some of this effect of uh, load shedding because otherwise um, the jobs um, may be simply at stake. Um, we should also take into consideration that there are some statutory limits related to things like um, overtime and when um, tea breaks and lunch breaks should be taken that the legislature should perhaps um, also look into so as to make it possible for employees and employers to come together and um, reach agreements that really can assist employers to overcome the burdens of rolling blackouts. Is it what we have is, I think in practice, we have a situation where the quite successful companies have the the money in reserve in order to deal with the fact that there is load shedding and they have the ability to set up, um, you know, alternative power sources and, and so on. But it's the people who have been struggling most to get a turnover that, leads to a profit, they're the ones who, who, who simply don't have the money to buy the generator and buy the diesel or to buy the solar panels and the inverter or any of the other suggestions, I mean, the the options that are available to, to replace ESCOM. So, you know, it's again a situation of the more, the more you are a struggler, the more load shedding is making you struggle and that in turn impacts on the people you employ. Um, I fully agree with you, and I think that we've seen that, of course, not um, all industries are equally dependent on electricity. So, of course, the effects of um, um, load shedding has been widely unequal across the economy. Um, that's why I think um, what's important is that there should be industry-specific solutions to this. Yeah. Um, well, solutions is maybe a strong word because I don't think there will be a solution, but um, I, I think really maybe collective bargaining taking place at an industry level would be better suited to um, come up with solutions to this. But I do take your point that it will be those that um, have already been struggling that will continue to struggle the effects. Professor Martina van Staten, thanks for talking to us, Associate Professor at the Witts University School of Law.